away we go as we turn the page on the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Welcome inside episode 1001. My name is Matt Robinson coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Make sure you give us a follow on social media at Tall Can Audio. We love to hear what you guys have to say about these episodes and everything that we're talking about day to day. Got a great guest here for you today as we're going to touch base with uh, the Toronto Stars, Mike Wilner. People will know him who've been following the Jays for a long time. Uh, obviously called games for quite a while on the Fan 590, did uh, post-game Jays talk. Uh, I'm going to ask him a little bit about what he thinks that might sound like right now as the uh, oh the Jays, man, it's it's been a bit of a struggle, but uh, they did manage to get a win here against Baltimore Salvage 1 on, uh, on Wednesday afternoon. So we'll get to Mike Wilner in just a little while. Wanted to start by just saying a quick thank you to everybody who's reached out after episode 1000. Um, whether you've uh, retweeted it, shared it with some friends, just reached out and said, hey, that was cool, or uh, sent in some congrats. It's been really awesome to hear from so many of you uh, following an occasion like that. It was good to have uh, of Maddie and Rob and Michaela all in studio together. I do think we'll do a little bit of a, I don't know uh, what you want to call it, a, a, uh, a little debrief, maybe on how episode 1000 went, but that's not for today. We'll, uh, we'll get to that either, uh, I don't know, maybe on the weekend or, uh, or down the road a little bit. Um, but it was an interesting show, and it was awesome to hear from so many of you guys, like I said, uh, in and around it. Uh, great to have so many friends of the show, so many guests who've been on in the past uh, be a part of that. If you've missed it and you just want to hear that again, we have posted those segments where our uh, our friends of the show and, and past guests sent in their well wishes. We have put those up on the podcast feed, wherever you're hearing this, or at, uh, at talkinaudio.com. We have posted all four of those kind of segments uh, on the podcast feeds. So you can go back and check those out whenever you want. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great part of episode 1000. So uh, thank you all for the kind words and, and for sharing it around and helping it be as, uh, as big as it is and for helping us to get that far. One of the things that I have been asked multiple times, both in the lead up to episode 1000 and in the, uh, the week and a half or so since is what's next. And the honest answer to that question is big picture. I don't know. Small picture. It's Mike Wilner. Uh, he's going to be here, like I said, in just a couple of minutes, but after that, I'm not really sure. We've got a few irons in the fire. What is this going to look like? Are we going to remain as guest oriented? Are we going to kind of go back to the way it was? There's a lot of things to figure out, and to be totally honest with you guys, it was all about getting to episode 1000. Uh, once you schedule it, we had to find a time that would work for all four of us, and then it was all about staying on pace, right? You can't miss one at that point. You can't get ahead of yourself at that point. You have to arrive at that date um, at episode 1000 on time. So it was all about touching base with as many friends of the show as we could in the lead up. It was all about getting some guests on and it was all about staying on track. So sort of what was going to come afterwards, other than a week or two off, really sort of took a back seat and really wasn't something that I focused on very much at all, to be honest with you, uh, until, you know, the last couple of days I told myself after 1000, uh, you know, give myself a week or so to not think about it and I'll worry about it. And then it's just sort of been in the last few days where you start to sit back down and go, okay, what are we going to do next? What is this going to look like? And honestly, uh, don't know. Don't know. We're still sort of in that, uh, in that kind of, uh, reevaluate, get reset, figure out what this is going to be. And it might be a little off kilter until around Labor Day, to be honest with you. You know, we'll, we'll do some shows here and there. We'll pop in we'll, when it warrants it, when there's something to talk about, but it may not be on the same schedule that you're used to. 
after September, the NFL is up and going. NHL camps are getting up and running. You're into that kind of home stretch for baseball. Um, we'll get back more on track. There will be more of a schedule that we'll be able to share with you at that point. But yeah, for the rest of the summer, it may be a little kind of off kilter. It may be a little hit and miss here and there. And, and I think that's okay, right? We'll uh, we'll just sort of ride this out for now, uh, touch base when it makes sense and uh, and throw something out to you guys and then sort of, yeah, give ourselves a little time here to figure out what this is going to look like moving forward and then kind of get going on that uh, following Labor Day when everybody's doing that, right? You're back from vacation. Everybody's back on a more regular work schedule. Kids are back in school, all of that kind of stuff. Seems like a good time to sort of turn the page and, and we'll do all that. And like I said, it is an exciting time for sports at that point with everything that's going on. So that'll be cool too. Uh, hopefully your uh, Toronto Blue Jays will be heavily in the mix at that point. They do remain there right now after a big win on Wednesday afternoon against the Baltimore Orioles. After having lost three in a row and becoming dangerously close to falling out of a playoff spot for the first time in months, uh, they managed to stave that off just a little bit. Uh, so that seemed like a good reason or a good time to reach out to our buddy Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star, from the Deep Left Field podcast as well, and see what he's got to say about everything that has gone on around the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll do that right now. As promised, happy to welcome into episode 1001 of the Talkin' Audio podcast, our buddy Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and the Deep Left Field podcast. How's it going tonight, Mike? It's it's going all right, thank you. How's things over there at the can? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard it called that before. It's not an unreasonable name. Uh, things are all right. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's feeling a little better than it did this morning since the uh, the Blue Jays managed to grab a win here. Um, I'm sure I don't have to tell you or your Twitter mentions that uh, that the fan base is just a tad bit edgy. Um, we'll get to that. I want to start here though, somewhere just a little bit lighter, Mark, or Mike, the, uh, well, if you can call this the can, I can call you Mark. I'm sure that's a reasonable trade-off. <laughs> um, the CNE, I don't know how often you get down there. Are you a regular CNE guy, Mike? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a tradition, uh, with, with my kids that we go every year and, and often multiple times. Um, you know, when I worked, uh, for uh, for Rogers, there was always there were always passes around at 680 News, and you know I, I grew up at 680 News and could always just walk in and ask and take their media pass for a day, and so I would just pop to the X uh, all the time, and I've really missed it the last couple of years. But very excited to to get to go again. Are you uh, you know such an ardent fan that you uh, happen to catch some of the menu items that they released today coming up in this year's CNE. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Not, not a whole lot. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, not just of the CNE, but of, um, Moment Qureshi and Jeff Rahoman who work for, uh, 680 news, right. You know, where, where I used to work. Uh, and I know that they um, they go pretty hard every year before <laughs> the X starts to um, to to test out the food. I'm sure they're invited in. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I saw I saw some of the stuff, but not uh, not a whole heck of a lot. I don't think. Well, there's just one here that I want to ask you if a gun to your head, which one you're going to try. Cause there was all kinds of foods. It was squid cakes and 
deep fried coffee. And I, I, I don't know if any of that's really going to be my speed, but there was two different lemonades here, Mike. I want to ask you, you have to try one of these two lemonades. We have the macaroni and cheese lemonade, or um, we have the spiced, uh, spicy pickle lemonade. Gun to your head. You got to try one of these. Which one are you going with? Yeah, I'm not a, a lemonade guy, so I I'm would... I'm surprised um, the lemonade part of this is the part you're objecting to. <laughs> I mean, they're both disgusting, it sounds like. You know, they, they're... See, I'm I'm into to some stuff, I guess, that people would, would find to be gross food. Um, I've certainly been told that enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I Macaroni and cheese lemonade does not sound appetizing in the no, least. It doesn't. Um, what's what was the other one? The spicy pickle lemonade, which also not screaming out for for me to come. No, really in. not. But um, but at the same time, that's at least like a potential drink, right? <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. I think I'm going the other way. I think, uh, that's, uh, and I, it may be, I'm kind of a wimp for spicy stuff. I don't know how spicy the spicy pickle lemonade is going to be, but I'm a, I'm a big Mac and cheese guy. I could get into that. So if I have to try one of these, it might be the, uh, the Mac and cheese lemonade. I mean, I mean, we're through sure. the looking glass here, right? Like if, if you got, yeah, oh, very much so. <laughs> so yeah. Um, look, I think the last time we chatted was back around spring training. We were in the middle of a, uh, of a lockout, um, skeptical as to whether or not we were going to get the season off and running on time. They did not get the season off and running on time, but they did get it done soon enough that we're going to get a full 162 games. I'm curious how much, you know, now that you're, you're back on the road, you're covering the team, um, how close to normal things feel for you at this point uh, we've, we've all been through you know travel protocols and not being able to get you know i'm sure there was a time you couldn't get close to the team all these sorts of things how close to normal do things feel now i mean pretty normal i, I think uh pretty normal we we are still required to mask in the clubhouse and we still um you know i'm still very careful even though i just had covid um for some reason i still feel like um, you know, when I go to New York, you have to wear a mask on the plane, obviously, but I'll going to wear the mask at the airport. I'm going to, you know, just continue to, to be careful. And, and it's, it's probably a little bit still of just, um, you know, some PTSD, mm-hmm. uh, from the last two years, but it's probably, it, it's also still a little bit of, um, you know, who knows, how long immunity lasts and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but as far as the games are concerned and all that stuff, I mean, again, in September when the Blue Jays uh, play the week after Labor Day, when they play five games in 72 hours against <laughs> Tampa Bay, that's going to be, hey, we're going to be talking about the lockout again. Um, Didn't we already do that once? Five games against yeah, Tampa? Yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I said again. Yeah, they right. got to do it twice. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, that but that's that's about it. Everything else is sort of pretty. It's pretty normal when you're outside the clubhouse and and uh, um, the masks are off and and um, 
you know, it's 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 pretty back to normal, and that's a good thing. And I, I think you know, I think a lot of the the world is getting back to normal um, the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I think people have just decided to you know forget a hundred or so deaths every week, um, like they're not happening still. Uh, but I think that uh, that as far as baseball and the coverage and all that stuff is concerned, I think uh, I think it's it's in a pretty good spot. The Blue Jays uh, still in a pretty good spot, but more tenuous than perhaps many of us thought it might be at this point in uh, in August. Um, they they win today to keep a playoff spot and. I, I just I guess before we dive into the specifics, I'm curious uh, as the number of years you put in hosting Jay's talk after after a game. I wonder which you've covered good teams, you've covered not very good Jay's teams, probably more of the latter than the former. Which type of team gets the fan base more upset, more irritated? Which are going to be the worst phone calls? A team that's supposed to be very good that is on a skid. Or a team that is just bad. We knew it was going to be bad, but it's August and we're sick of watching bad baseball. Which, where are you going to get the more emotional phone calls? You know, I've I, I've I did that job for so few years when they were actually supposed to be good, right? <laughs> uh, so it, it's 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 tough, but uh, I I think you know in general it feels like people who love to complain, love to complain. And it doesn't matter good or bad or anything. Nothing matters. They just, they want to complain. And the people who call into post-game radio shows are very generally um, more than not the people who just love to complain, who, who, who can't, you know, can't get anybody else to listen to them. (laughs) So they might as well call in a radio show. Um, So they're always going to complain. But it's it's the most frustrating for the fans, I think, when expectations are not being met. No matter what those expectations are, uh, whether they were expected to be a 500 team or a playoff team or um, you know a developing team, whatever. Uh, when your expectations aren't being met, people get upset and people um, flip out. But look, here's the thing. Um, Yankee fans and Mets fans are flipping out right now too, yeah. which is, you know, the Yankees are are in a terrible, terrible run, but they still have a 10 game lead in the division. The Mets still have a seven game lead in their division and their fan bases are going nuts because they're not playing the way that they expected them to play. I saw somewhere um, yesterday. Is it time for Mets fans to panic? They have a seven game lead in their division. <laughs> And they have, um, you know, they're four games, five games away from having the best record in the National League. So, uh, yeah, people love certain people and the people who are the most vocal, I think. Right. Uh, love to find reasons to get upset. Uh, can't wait to be angry about something. And that's just, a, unfortunately, you know, I, I, I was going to say it's a world we live in now. I think it's a world we've always lived in. But now with social media, everybody has a microphone. You mentioned that maybe the biggest problem is when the team doesn't meet expectations. The team we're currently watching holds a playoff spot as we sit here right now. It is the middle of August. Um, 
they've they've had their ups and their downs. They are kind of I I don't know. I I don't know when it's going to end, so I can't say the middle, but right now it looks like we're sort of on a down. How close do you believe this team is to your expectations as we sit here in August? When you looked at this roster, if you had said, yeah, in the playoff mix, but kind of tenuous, um, is this sort of where you thought they might be, or have they underperformed a little? Yeah, they've absolutely underperformed. I, you know, There's no question. I, I would have thought that by now they would have been comfortably in a playoff spot. Um you know, you can't really control the start the Yankees got off to and, and how they separated themselves so much. So you can't say that you, you expected them to be in first place, though a lot of people did. And you can say that you expected them to be in first place, but given what the Yankees have done, that's a little tough. Right. So uh, I think it's fair, very fair to say that the Blue Jays in the middle of August should have been expected to be comfortably in a playoff spot. And by no means are they comfortably in a playoff spot right now. They're a game up um, on the last wild card in a super tight race. They're a game and a half back of the first wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still believe they're going to wind up as the first wild card. But, uh, yeah, this isn't where anybody expected them to be, I don't think. Is it as simple? It, it feels to me, honestly, like there's been times where the lineup looks like, well, maybe not exactly like you wanted it to look like, but you know, early on when, um, I don't know, when Bo wasn't hitting or whatever, it, suddenly Santiago Espinal and, and Kirk were hitting. And that maybe masked some of the, the high-end guys not producing like they were. Teo uh, was out for a while, but came back and, and, and has gotten it going a little bit. It just sort of feels like when the offense has been working maybe the bullpen isn't. And then when the bullpen looks okay, maybe the offense kind of dries up. And then the rotation, like it just, is it as simple as not everything has clicked all at the same time? Or is it deeper than that, that there are actual flaws here? No, it does kind of feel like not everything has ever clicked at the same time. But then you think about it, and they've had two runs this year where they've won 12 out of 15. And so, you know, all those, and, and even in there, it feels like, well, the first one was driven by the pitching, and the second one was driven maybe a little bit more by the offense. So they they really haven't been um, at a point in time where everything is clicking at the same time. But at the same at the same time, <laughs> they still have the second best offense in the American League. Uh, even with this these last thirteen games where they've only won five, well, five of the last fourteen, they're five and nine after the the win over Baltimore on Wednesday, and it felt like. They've just been dying to score runs and, and just can't do it. Uh, they have the second best offense yeah. in the league, second best runs per game, second best OPS, uh, second best on base percentage, second best slugging percentage. They're third in the league in home runs. Uh, and that's over the entirety of the. You know, 116 yeah, games. Not just being propped played. up so, by that 28 run night in Boston. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. No, no. Uh, though that was swell. It was fun. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but no. Look, they've they've the offense is really good. It's the Yankees are the only ones that that are better in the American League. Um, the starting pitching has has gone through a little bit of a lull. The bullpen has been. Up and down, I don't think nearly as down as as people seem to think. The the 
pitchers who are important in the bullpen. You know, everybody talks about how the Blue Jays are 24th or 26th or or whatever uh, in in ERA. The important pitchers are the guys that you're going to be counting on in the playoffs are all having really good years. Romano and Garcia and Phelps and Simber and Anthony Bass um, are all having really good years. Um, Tim Meza as well, who's on his way back. So the important guys are doing really well. The Trent Thorntons and Trevor Richardses of the world, you don't have to worry about. They're not going to be pitching in the playoffs. So, um, you know, you you really you don't have to worry about that. Zach Pop gave up a run today. First time he's given up a run uh, as a Blue Jay in uh, six appearances. So I'm I'm fine with everything. But are there flaws? Of course there are flaws. There are lots of flaws, but there are flaws on every team. Sure. And it, it's not about, you know, you can't have a, a – there's no such thing as a flawless baseball team. And the stuff that matters over the course of the regular season doesn't really matter as much in the playoffs. And all you need to do is get in. And once you get in, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's got a relatively equal chance of winning the World Series. You had an interesting point on your Twitter feed today before the, uh, the game started. There's a bit of a ritual that the Blue Jays starting rotation go through together, and uh, it looked a little bit different today than it has in, uh, well, basically all season long. What did we see today? Yeah, the, the starting pitchers all watch each other's bullpens before the game. They watch each other warm up, and then they walk out onto the field together as a unit, as a rotation. And, uh, you know, every member of the start of the other four members of the starting rotation walk in behind that day's starter. And today, Ross Stripling was the starter and walking behind him were Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman and Jose Barrios and Mitch White. And you say Kikuchi was not among them. And you say Kikuchi was sitting in the bullpen during the game. So, uh, you know, after the game, John Schneider officially told us that Kikuchi has been taken out of the rotation for now and Mitch White will take his spot. And um, that's something that's been a long time coming. And I, I don't think anybody can, um, can look at that move and not say okay you know it's about time I think that's right I'm curious look there's no reason to believe that you say Kikuchi deserves a continued spot in the rotation at this time is there any chance that he's going to be better out of the bullpen because his starts seem to be his biggest problem right his first innings seem to be where he struggles we saw it in his last start or maybe it was one before you'll you'll remember better than me kind of got knocked around in the first inning and then ended up hanging around for six innings doing all right if that guy yeah that was a couple of starts ago but yeah i mean it's it's i don't know i looked it up uh on tuesday night when he struggled again and he gave up a run in the first inning to to push his first inning era up to i think 686 and while that sounds awful um sure does what it means is he gives up a run in the first inning two-thirds of the time not he gives up five or six runs yeah. in the first inning or anything like that but but i you know i looked back and i i thought well let's see how many games in a row he's given up a run in the first inning and i expected it to be you know three or four in a row or five out of seven or something like that but it was four out of nine so it it, it hasn't been these terrible starts all the time. Hmm. It has just been general, you know, not gooditude uh, in, <laughs> in the overall. 
from from what he's been. Um, I don't think that, you know, he's not a guy you look at and you say, yeah, he'd be a lot better if they moved him to the bullpen. Uh, this is just, we can't keep starting him anymore. Right. And, in, you know, when you put a guy in the bullpen, you can kind of control uh, the situations in which he comes into a game as opposed to, hey, you're starting, let's go. So um, I think that they're going to be super careful with him and he's not going to pitch in in leverage um, pretty much at all uh, until he shows that he's turned things around. You know, there's still a quarter of a season left, more than a quarter of a season left. And, and you can absolutely, he could absolutely turn it around and absolutely get to a point where he's a contributing member of this pitching rotation uh, or the pitching staff and maybe even work his way back into the rotation. Maybe somebody gets hurt. They need him, which right. is probably why they didn't fabricate an injury this time. Yeah. But if somebody gets hurt and, and they need him, um, then maybe he jumps back in and all of a sudden he's good. Who knows? But... Um, but for now, we're we're just not going to see him um, in situations in the game that matter. Yeah, he, look, he's got two more years, and they gave him a three-year, $36 million contract. Yep. I, we have not seen the last of Yusei Kikuchi for the Blue Jays. We may have seen him for the last time this year in the rotation, but they're clearly going to do everything they can to try and salvage this investment even at your most skeptical level right they they obviously are going to try and find a way to make him uh make this work somehow but uh, absolutely yeah and the other guy that they gave a giant uh well several uh pitchers i guess they gave large contracts yeah, to lots. over the course of the off season i want to talk though about Barrios and the extension they gave him he has not looked himself at almost any time this season he's had good starts and bad but the thing that you could always depend on with Barrios was the consistency and that's the part that he seems to have struggled with whether it be your road and home splits and or however you want to boil it down he just there's something that's just not quite right um he hasn't quite seemed himself I wonder a little bit and and maybe I'm making excuses for him because I like him maybe he was thrown off a little bit by the shorter spring or you know we don't know what toll that's taking you'd like to think by now guys have worked their way out of it but but yeah. athletes are creatures of habit as well so what are you seeing out of out of Barrios because I from where I sit right now I'm with you I believe the Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs I think if you can run out a reliable rotation of Gosman Manoa and Barrios in any order you like you're in almost every series if you can't count on Barrios as your number three you're probably not going to beat almost anybody. It's sort of the way it boils down for me. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, especially the way that Ross Stripling is pitching yeah, right now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, he's he and but he'll he'll have thrown more innings than than he's thrown almost ever by the end of this year. He's so who throw knows? them all like no. he threw today? That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be lovely. Um, look with Barrios, it's it's it, it it's really overblown. I think. Um, uh, the numbers are the numbers. The ERA is terrible, but the ERA is terrible because when he gets lit up, he really gets lit up. You know, he's given up eight a couple of times in, in two and a third and, you know, that sort of thing will, will destroy your ERA. Yeah. But, but, um, you know, the Blue Jays are 16 and seven when he starts. And in those 16 wins, he's got an ERA of 340. 
And in the seven losses, he's got an ERA at 1240. Yeah, but so you can say that about anybody, two. right? When you lose, no, your numbers are you bad. can't. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely cannot. You're you're right that when you win, your numbers are good, and when you lose, your numbers are bad. Yeah. But it's not that when you win, your numbers are good, and when you lose, your numbers are horrific. <laughs> and that's you know that's what it's been. That's fair with with Barrios. And it's not. I'm not talking about his wins and losses, right? Yeah. I'm talking about team wins and losses um, when he pitches, right? Um, so so that's. That stands out. They've they've won more often with him on the mound than they've won with any other pitcher on the mound. And that's because more than two-thirds mm. of the time, he's been really good. So, you know, if if he hadn't been awful that other third of the time. Yeah, you got that home opener lost stuck in your games. head. And you, you well, the home sort of... opener was a win, though, which yeah. is crazy. Because <laughs> right. that counts in that 340 yes. uh, ERA. <laughs> Right, the home opener was True, a win. The game yeah. against the Angels in Anaheim was a team win. Yeah, when he gave up, I think seven or eight in three innings. <laughs> so, um, you know, those count towards the three forty, which again shows just how uh, bad right. he's been yeah. the rest of the time. Um, but it's it's funny the idea that that he's some sort of um, you know marvel of consistency uh, is is a little overblown. I think it just seems to be something that somebody said. So uh, people keep repeating it. He he was last year crazily consistent in that his best month he had an ERA of three hundred four, and his worst month he had an ERA of three seventy three. That's really that's pretty consistent. That's remarkable. Yeah. But um, you know, you go back to the full season before that in 2019. His best month, his ERA was 2.06 in five starts in June. His worst month, his ERA was 7.57 <laughs> in five starts in August. So, you know, not really the model of consistency sure. there. Um, I, I think I think Barrios is um, it. It's astonishing to me how bad he's been in the games when he's been bad. Um, what do you see? Like, do you have any? You got a better read than the rest of the world on he what's happening? He, he's he's not striking people out. No, I mean that's that's one thing. Like in his worst starts, uh, the seven or eight awful starts that he's had, he has had zero or one strikeout in those starts, and in the other ones, it's like five, six, eight, thirteen. So yeah. there's obviously something going on, stuff wise or control wise or whatever wise, when he's bad that he's not fooling anybody, he's not getting swings and misses, and he's getting knocked around the whole ballpark. Is there anything to the home and road splits, or is that just noise? Is that just coincidence? Completely coincidence. Yeah. It's complete I coincidence. I tend to think so, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. What are you seeing out of this lineup? It's being shuffled around a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine, and I know if, if Springer was completely healthy, you wouldn't see it, but I can't imagine they want to go into the playoffs with like a Matt Chapman leading off. Um, I'm sure they didn't start the season assuming Bo would be hitting number seven, although that's sort of where he's, uh, you know, warranted to be right one. now. Seven. Seventh well, once. Yeah, okay. So, fair. Well, we'll it was six today. So, I mean, yeah. it's not yeah, like yeah. they pumped him right back up to the top. I'm, no, no, it's true. He hasn't deserved to be there, right? He's he's just been a barely above average yeah. hitter this year. What do you see uh, out of that rotation? Sorry, I, I'm, I'm all over you here. <laughs> They're trying to get something going. You know, I, I, I think at this point, um, you know, when when your hitting is this bad, somebody asked me uh, before the game today, um, 
what do I think about Chapman leading off? And I said, genuinely, it doesn't matter. Right now, it doesn't matter. When nobody's hitting, it doesn't matter how you line them up. And the next time the Blue Jays score a bunch of runs, I said, it's not going to be because of lineup construction. And look, it's not. They scored a bunch of runs on Wednesday. And and how'd they do it with Teoscar Hernandez, who was 0 for 13, his last 13 getting on base, and then Bichette getting on base, and then Springer coming off the bench and getting a hit. And Santiago Espinal has been terrible since Canada Day, getting a huge double. Um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. actually walking with the bases loaded. (laughs) Taking a 3-1 pitch, which is insane. Um, You know, so that had nothing to do with lineup construction at all. It's just when they're going to hit, they're going to hit. And and at some point, they'll fall back into um, a consistent consistently good offense where they're scoring five plus runs a game on a regular basis. And then you'll see who's doing what, and you'll figure out, you know, when Springer's in the game, he's going to be leading off. And and it looks like then Chapman let off today because Springer didn't start. Um, and some days Guriel might lead off, and some days Whit Merrifield might lead off. He's not swinging it particularly well right now either. So, um, you know, you'll, they'll they'll just find someone, and uh, and eventually they'll fall in. But you know, for now at least, when the when the regulars are in, it's going to be. Springer, Guerrero, Guriel, one, two, three. And then you put it together from there. Right. Are you, look, I, I got to tell you, despite the fact, I think what is the record now against Baltimore? We're six and th- or three and six against Baltimore, I believe, this season. When I look, Sounds right. When yeah. I look at that rotation, there's nothing even mildly scary about it. But There what, is nothing scary at all about the Baltimore rotation. Nothing. But, but what I... What does scare me is the fact that they appear to have just identified, you know what, and not like they're the only team that's done it. We're just going to pitch you down and away for three straight days, and we're going to trust that you're not going to hit it the other way all that often or often enough to hurt us. And I got to tell you, when you get into the playoffs, there will be plenty of rotations that do scare you. And if they're, if the Jays are going to be this simple to, and it's not like it's a terrible strategy. That's how you pitch guys down and away a lot of times. And when your lineup is entirely right-handed, you allow, um, you know, the, a pitcher to get into the groove. Like, does that concern you at all that any kind of strategy with a better rotation is just going to, you know, dare you to just go the other way, just keep lobbing singles out the other way and count on you to do it repeatedly? Because to me, that freaks me nope. out a little. Doesn't freak me out even a little all bit. Right. I, I'll tell you why. Second best offense in the league. Yeah, no, that's second best offense in the league, and it's why it's it's you know it's funny that I keep I keep pointing to the stuff that's happening right yeah. um, where you know for for the last week on Twitter, all these people <laughs> have been complaining to me and telling me how terrible the Blue Jays are, and my answer had been until Monday, third until Tuesday they have the third best record in the league, and. And that's what's true, and that's mm-hmm. what means more than anything else. So if it was this easy for crappy pitchers to tie the Blue Jays up in knots, then the Blue Jays would have the 11th best offense in the league and not the second best offense in the league. What's going on is that they are going through it right now. Um, you know, people's memories are short, and yep. people's memories get... get uh, Seasons are um, long. So why are they ever, (laughs) but, uh, um, you know, people's memories get blacked out by whatever's happening 
right now, but I remember last August, you know, when the Blue Jays went 10 games and scored three runs or less. I think they scored 19 runs in nine of the 10 and uh, seven in the other to boost it. They weren't hitting at all. I had people telling me, well, you know what? Vladimir Guerrero is just getting tired and he's done. Or someone said, I oh, put back 30 pounds on, which was just completely made up. Um, you know, Bichette's never going to hit again. Hernandez is never going to hit again. Uh, none of these guys are any good and they're terrible. And look, after that 10 games, they scored like 132 runs <laughs> in their next 11 games. So, um, you know, we're we're looking at it through the lens of they're playing really poorly. And they, they were playing really poorly. Like they almost wasted a perfect game bid. On Wednesday, yeah. they they had the big inning um, and they won it, but they almost threw away a perfect game bid because they couldn't uh, couldn't score any runs. So I've said this a million times: a team is never as bad as it looks when it's going badly, and never as good as it looks when it's going well. There is literally no reason to believe that this offense isn't going to come out of this no reason at all but fans are just so beaten down by sports in general i think in toronto because of the leafs right they haven't won in the first round in 17 years or whatever it is yeah um and they haven't won a cup in my lifetime and i'm over 50 (laughs) um so i think we're We're so beaten down by that that you automatically when things are going well don't trust it and when things are going poorly believe that this is the true uh measure and this is how it's always going to be so uh you know it's just it's not so and it, it i think it's hard to think that way it's hard to remember hey uh this happens all the time literally the 93 team went 3 and 13 over a couple of weeks in July um it happens all the time to every team and you just have to ride it out. There's just something about baseball. Every single day, it 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 just it, when it's not going good, it can melt your brain a little bit. And I certainly oh, it's been, ter- uh, it's been a terrible couple of weeks. <laughs> a terrible couple of weeks. I'll certainly admit to that. Uh, that that yeah, you you kind of get honed in and and zeroed on what's going on right now, and figure that's going to be the way it is. I, I think you're totally uh, totally dead on about that. I I guess. Um, the last thing I would ask you, obviously you believe, and I think any reasonable fan should, that this offense will get going. Are you as confident that the rotation is going to sort itself out? As Stripling was great today, we'll find out as we go a little bit more about Mitch White. To me, Barrios is uh, he's a huge question mark, and you're going to need these things to start working in concert to finish strong and, and grab that home wild card that maybe keeps a couple of superstar anti-vaxxers from coming to your uh, your ballpark for a wild card, whatever that's going to look like. Even in any rate, you'd rather be at home than than on the road. Are you yes. confident that these things will all start to click together, or is it just going to be that this offense will find remember what it is and carry them the rest of the way? I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But I don't agree with your thesis statement that you want to finish strong. I, I You know, I don't think it matters. Right. I really don't. Well, you're All, have remember, to, <laughs> to, remember you're, you're 2016 to, to make it. Well, no, to, I think they uh, there's there's absolutely there's absolutely no question that they're going to make the playoffs. 
There, there's none whatsoever. There's a little. I, I think that. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> in a realistic term, sure, yeah. there's a little. Okay. But there's there's genuinely nothing to worry about. Remember last year when I talked about that August run where yep. they couldn't score any runs. Um, the beginning of that was part of a four and ten. Yes. And when they were done with that four and ten, they were six and a half games out of a playoff spot. So then you worry. For me, I don't worry. Like if they don't make the playoffs, whatever. It's life. They didn't make the playoffs. No one's entitled to make the playoffs. Sure. But it, it, it would be nice, obviously. Yeah. So um but when they finished that four and ten, they were six and a half games out, right? Let's imagine that they're through this and they had this four and nine and they're finished with it. Mm-hmm. You never know. No. <laughs> they finished with it in the playoffs. Yeah, by only half a game, but in a playoff spot. And now they're a game ahead mm-hmm. of everybody in a playoff spot. So that that's a massive you difference. You know Baltimore's going to cool saying, off. Like, you, know, you know, like. Right. You know Baltimore's going to cool off. You know Cleveland's going to cool off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the White Sox did not significantly did, did not improve at all at the deadline, and they've lost Tim Anderson for well, the maddening most part, of the rest of the season. As you said, as New York is losing their minds over New York or over the Yankees right, being falling 10 apart, games up. you yeah, you, that's the maddening part for Jays fans. Is like you could be gaining on them right now. You could yeah, you could you know be what? five games back. Great. Yeah. <laughs> what what are the odds? Right. I, I mean, you're right. Sure, that is maddening. If they had gone seven and six instead of four and nine, then they would have picked up five more games on the Yankees yeah. who are, are in the, the their worst portion of their timing, season. Right? But that's probably not going to matter. Probably no, not. You're it probably might, right. it, yeah, no, you're right. Because right? yeah, the Yankees aren't going to stay this bad either. No. It's just another thing to get angry about. And that's part of oh, how a lot God. of people enjoy sports. Yes. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but look, they're. Baltimore is not going to keep it up. Cleveland is not going to keep it up. The White Sox are not going to keep it up. So that's everybody falling away, you would think, over the final quarter of the season. Minnesota got better. Minnesota's probably going to win the AL Central. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know. Seattle got I don't buy the whole or... playoff odd stuff, but the Jays are like what 95, 98 to make the playoffs or something like that. Yeah. There's no there's no reason, no, there's no rational reason to believe that they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh and again, once you get in, that's all that matters. Re- you know, uh, I, 2016. Remember that year when the I Blue do. Jays beat the Orioles in the wild card? Who was a team that everybody wanted to play in the playoffs in 2016? It was Cleveland. Their starting rotation was beaten up. They had uh, three really good starters hurt. Yeah. Uh, they were in shambles. Boston could not wait to play them in the first round, and Cleveland beat them. The Blue Jays were thrilled to get them in the ALCS, and they beat the Blue Jays in five, and they wound up going to extra innings in Game 7 of the World Series. Came that close, uh, yep. Do you think anybody didn't want to play Atlanta last year rather than yep. San Francisco or the Dodgers? You know? It it doesn't matter, and and I know that's not a fun way to put it. <laughs> and I know people like to like um, build heroes in the playoffs and write these you know grand sonnets about hero, you know courage and all of that stuff in the playoffs. 
it's whoever gets hot yeah. and it's whoever gets lucky. And that's really all it is. In every sport, in every playoff, no matter what you want to believe, it's whoever's hot and whoever's lucky. And there is zero predicting of who that's going to be. You're completely right about that. I think that's one of the places that the uh, the Europeans have this figured out. You put you got to put way more emphasis on your regular season, the the marathon. Whoever plays 162 games and comes out on top, as opposed to yeah, we'll throw a few of you in a you know three week tournament, and see what happens at the end. Yeah, uh, and it's I mean, more. You, it's not. You, fu- it, this is more fun. I prefer our right, like, but it's not always the necessarily that the best team in the league won this year. That's not always the way this plays out. It's almost never that the best team in the league wins. Almost never. Uh, I like this, Mike. I like when you come on. I I ride the roller coaster. You seem to to be able to keep this a little more uh, even keeled, and maybe that comes with experience. Maybe that comes with having to to beat down the uh, the people in your Twitter mentions, but uh, when you, when you come on and uh, and disagree with basically all of my thesis statements, I think that's good for me. I think that's good for our <laughs> listeners. Uh, what's coming up on this week's episode of Deep Left Field? It's going to be a lot of fun this week's episode of Deep Left Field. We talked to Ross Stripling, who uh, came off the injured list and almost threw a perfect game. It was <laughs> uh, it was incredible. Um, we've got 10 questions with Anthony Bass in which I do ask him if he considered changing his number to 76 to better reflect uh, the Super Bassomatic 76 <laughs> that uh, Dan Aykroyd chilled in, uh, in Saturday Night Live uh, almost 50 years ago. And a really cool conversation with two guys. I like when I can uh, get a couple of players together and and either have them just talk to each other or or talk to them in combination. And Alec Manoa and Tristan McKenzie of the Cleveland Guardians hmm. grew up playing baseball against each other since they were like nine years old. And uh, I got the two of them together when Cleveland was in town, and you'll get to hear that conversation as well. That sounds like uh, a lot of fun, and obviously we got to know through the All-Star break. The uh, I- I'm normally kind of a... Eh, when you mic up players, I'm not really that into it. Alec Manoa made himself a star there on uh, All-Star Weekend. Yeah, he was phenomenal. And at times, it sort of seemed like he did it in spite of the uh, the announcers, just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear your question, but here's what I'm going to talk about. And exactly. So that was I awesome. loved it. Uh, Mike, thank you yeah. so much for making the time, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always great when you uh, let me bother you, pester you a little bit to come on and do this. Well, I had to. I had to make up for not being on on number one thousand. So thank you for uh, for forgiving me, and uh, and having me on. I think you had a pretty valid reason. We'll uh, we'll let that slide. <laughs> and uh, glad you were here for episode one thousand one. That's Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and the Deep Left Field podcast. So there goes Mike Wilner from the uh, Toronto Star, the Deep Left Field podcast. Uh, he's made a bunch of time for us over the years, and we appreciate him doing that and and stepping in here. Uh, the vibes around the Jays, as we discussed. Not so good here over the last couple of weeks, and and deservedly so. So uh, it was good to get his insights on on what all of that uh, was going to look like. Like I said, not sure exactly when we'll be coming at you next. Maybe we'll do the Monday morning thing. We'll we'll sort of see what that's all going to look like. I do have some irons in the fire for some other guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but on uh, on Monday morning, we will be staring down uh, the beginning of Women's World Hockey Championships. We will have seen what happened in the gold medal game and, and who finished where at the World Juniors as well. So maybe that's a good time uh, to do something. We'll also be on the heels of UFC 278, which looks like an interesting card. Uh, Kamaru Usman fighting for the first time in quite a while. So maybe there's a reason there to throw something down. We'll uh, we'll see what this is going to look like. But as I said at the beginning, 
things may remain a little off kilter, may not sound or, uh, or come out exactly as you're used to them coming out on time uh, until around Labor Day. We'll see what that's all going to look like, but we're not going to leave you out high and dry. I've noticed a bunch of my podcasts have, have kind of disappeared, and uh, we did that to you for a week or so here as well. We'll uh, we won't leave you hanging for the rest of the summer. We'll be around, but uh, it may not look exactly like what you're used to it uh, looking like, but we'll be around, like I said. So give us a follow on social media, at Audio, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now. Appreciate you making a little time for us here today as we chatted with, uh, with Mike Wilner about the Jays and everything going on around them right now. My name is Matt Robinson. We will catch you all on the next episode of Tall Can Audio. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun But now the time has come to go If this still clown was found dead in his bed tomorrow I'd be in heaven still doing this show See you some other time! <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.